Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Niger again. Our next episode of Psychology Unplugged, uh, the highlight of my week and Julie's as well. And we look forward to doing this. Appreciate you, your comments and feedbacks and allowing us into your lives, uh, even though we're not providing treatment. Uh, it's really fun uh, towards the end of the day when we, I can return phone calls and talk to people and you get those messages that people are making their therapy appointments or they're getting neuropsych evals or they're coming to see me. So um, truly humbled and very appreciative of um, everybody's reactions and responses. And I'm going to work on starting to post more on Instagram because um, one of the one of the if you guys follow our Instagram page, there's a great book and, and a, a cognitive behavioral psychologist that I like. It's a workbook, and, and the title of it, I, I, you know, pretty much says it all in, in terms of don't believe everything that you feel. And Julie's going to do the next module of, of DBT uh, because I don't do DBT. I do CBT, uh, but we're giving, you know, a fair um, amount of time to that, but I will always regress myself back to a cognitive behavioral model. But, but Robert Leahy's book is something I've used with patients. Again, not doing much therapy anymore, but it does work very well with borderline. And it, again, it's a cognitive behavioral approach to really putting the feelings aside. And that's why I, I don't agree with DBT is because of the overemphasis on emotions and emotional dysregulation and and you know, distress tolerance is, is kind of part of CBT too, but, you know, distress tolerance is, is something that I think both models uh, emphasize is you got to be able to sit in your own skin and, and try to tolerate the discomfort. And I've used the terminology, my own terminology of being able to stand in the space, being able to stand in the discomfort and, 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 and go through the negative range of emotions, but to, but to really try to get it back into a sense of cognitions of why am I thinking this way? That's, that's one of the more, most fundamental questions that you ask in cognitive therapy is why and tracing it back to the origin. And, you know, we're using borderline personality because of, of, of all the episodes, you know, just looking at some of the analytics um, of all the episodes, uh, borderline is the one that most people come out for me to do evals on that, that ask about me. I know there was somebody that I'm trying to get in contact with. We keep missing each other about uh, how do you get out of a relationship with somebody with borderline and how do you heal yourself after you've already got out of that relationship with somebody who's borderline because of the intense intensity of the emotional dysregulation, both individuals are pretty much in a very, very vulnerable spot. And uh, usually uh, it's not a bad idea to get into therapy. If, if, if you are in a relationship with someone with borderline personality, have gotten out of a relationship because you don't want the impact of that relationship with the borderline to impact future relationships. Other people have asked about... Um, Children uh, of parents with personality disorders. That I think that's another great topic and an episode that that I could certainly put together. Um, so uh, histrionic, we will get to the histrionics are very similar. They're in the cluster B group. They're very similar to borderlines, uh, sort dependence. But you know, I did the episode on borderline versus dependence, so I need to be redundant with that. But histrionic is one that I I, I will definitely approach. And and I, I me I, personality disorders are are, are fascinating with, for me. Um, the tests like the Rorschach and, and, and the thematic perception test and the incomplete sentence blanks, those really help uh, in getting to the 
crux of, of, of what is the what is the psychological constitution of an individual. And uh, borderline personality disorder is one of the most underdiagnosed psychiatric conditions out there uh, for, for a variety of reasons, which I've mentioned in other episodes. So, again, uh, from the, you know, if, if, if you're... Um, struggling with any kind of psychiatric condition and, and you're really overwhelmed by your feelings, I would definitely encourage you to go on Amazon. It's called Don't Believe Everything You Feel by Robert Leahy, L-E-A-H-Y. Um, he's got, he also did the other book, The Cognitive Behavioral Therapy Techniques. I think I posted pictures of both of those books uh, on our Instagram page, and I have found them to be incredibly, incredibly helpful. So getting back to DBT, uh, this is Julie's interest. Um, so I'm going to let her focus on, we're going to talk, I think she's going to do mindfulness, uh, which was actually developed by John Kabat-Zinn out here in Massachusetts. And it uh, has a lot of clinical applications, whether it's, it's, it's in DBT or outside of DBT. So here's Julie. Hi guys, happy Sunday. Um, Again, I feel uh, like I always want to thank everyone out there for, uh, you know, just following us and giving us lots of feedback. A lot of it is very, very helpful. Um, We're trying to kind of tame the noise in the background. I feel kind of redundant mentioning that again. I think it's really important to just, I don't need to go over the first section of dialectical behavior therapy and the modules. So it's four distinct modules. The first that I discussed yesterday, yesterday, last Sunday, was um, the distress tolerance module. Um, And I kind of went into depth with that. Um, today I'm going to talk a little bit, a little bit about mindfulness. Um, mindfulness is taking hold of your mind. Um, it's not very easy to do that. Um, sometimes, um, as just like with what Corey just said, um, don't believe everything you feel. Um, don't believe everything you think people can get really stuck in their feelings and thought patterns, and it can be very destructive. Um, to themselves and to especially with personality disorders like borderline and histrionic personality um, where their emotions drive them uh, to distraction, to hurt others, to retaliate um, in anger, um, to not look at themselves and kind of not have an awareness that their emotions can kind of carry them to um, not so healthy headspace and making decisions out of those with emotion uh, can cause a lot of damage um, in relationships, um, in the world, at work, you know, with your family, uh, with friends, um, relatives, and, you know, just overall, you know, interactions with people that we know. So, a, a little bit of a background just. I'll be it brief, but um, Marsha Linehan, who did develop this model, um, later, you know, she disclosed that she did also suffer from borderline personality herself. And um, 
which was very courageous of her. I, I feel like she's done a lot of really true work. The actual DBT workbook by Marsha Linehan is incredibly dense. It's available, but it's incredibly dense. Um, when I worked at McLean, they had a very user-friendly um, teaching um, tool where they interpreted, they used the all of the skill sets and the mo- different modules, but they they put it in layman's terms because most of the time we were using it on, you know, the adolescent unit, sometimes the adult unit, but generally speaking, it really made it very uh, readable and um, comprehensive for the adolescent um, and also for myself. Um, so. Marsha Linehan was a Buddhist. Um, that, that most of DBT is coming from a Buddhist bent. There's kind of like this. If you have ever studied Buddhism, I I was sort of into it years ago, and um, and Taoism and all that. And um, there's so many amazing truths about those two different um, religious domains, and you can kind of see mostly in the mindfulness aspect, um, also interpersonal effectiveness, which is, and also emotional regulation. Those will be the next two modules that I'll talk about, um, in the coming weeks. So mindfulness, um, the, the goal of mindfulness, the mindfulness module is to teach people who don't have a grasp on their mind at times. It doesn't mean this is happening all the time. You're really just talking about crisis, um, you know, with borderline personality and even histrionic personality, you know, the, people get into crisis modes and they can't get out of them. They get stuck. Um, they feel overwhelmed and they completely identify with the emotional um, the feelings that they're experiencing um, and the thoughts associated with those. So people who are in crisis and at times perpetual crisis, um, need to develop skills, a skill set. And that's what CBT does, but it's also what DBT does. So this module is mindfulness. And mindfulness, although it was, I think, yeah, I think it was discovered by John Kabat-Zinn, who has, who's an amazing person. He's in Worcester, Massachusetts. No. Um, well, they actually started it with chronic pain patients, not even with psychiatric patients. That's right. Um, so the mindfulness is, um, they want, the, the skill set is to help people take hold of their mind in a crisis. Um, I did kind of speak about this briefly last week, um, the Venn diagram where you have reasonable mind, emotional mind, and then the crossing over of the two overlap to, um, to form my, the wise mind. So everyone has a reasonable mind for the most part, I think most people do. And everyone has an emotional mind. But there are people, then you know them, that are extremely emotional and volatile. And then you'll you'll meet people that really are very rational. And they don't seem to be at all, and maybe like just don't really show emotion very much. Um, but this is the goal of this module, is to take the emotional mind reel in the reasonable mind to create a wise mind, to make decisions. Uh, what's my next move? How do I handle this situation? I want to handle this very emotional situation 
I want to reel in my wise mind skills and from my rational mind and then develop a skill set based on wise mind and using this as an exercise. And if you can visualize, although we're just, so I will go into, it's a Venn diagram. So the core of the mindfulness is the three states of mind that I was just talking about. So the emotional mind, which is pretty self-explanatory, but it's your emotions control your behavior and your thinking. It is characterized by extreme displays of emotion and you feel overwhelmed in a, by a particular emotion or a situation which brings up an emotion. Uh, reasonable mind, this is your rational thinking, logical mind. It is that part of you that plans and evaluates things. It's the problem solver. It's the, you know, the calm mind. Wise mind is the place within yourself where you connect emotional mind with reasonable mind. You feel in balance in this state, in this mindset, and at peace. And you can make decisions that work for you. So if you think of your own, I, I can think of my own life. You know, there have been times in my life where I can relate to all three of these types of mindsets um, in relation to situations. Um, I think almost always wise mind wins. But that's just me. But that's also a skill set I think all of us learn in our lives. So, and, and the mindfulness piece is really part of Buddhist, Buddhism. Um, it's, it talks about mindfulness. That that's, part of the, that's part of the essence of Buddhism. And there's so much more I couldn't even begin to really talk about it. But it really talks about how, how we suffer with our emotions, with our attachments, how we can't let things go. Sometimes people can't let things go. Um, people can perseverate and ruminate and um, make situations worse than they were to begin with because they don't know how to let go. So it talks a lot about radical acceptance, which is a lot of what Buddhism talks about as well. It's just kind of trying to really practice that, okay, this is is what it is. The situation actually is what it is. How can I take a step back and process all of this and make a, an informed decision? Um, giving yourself that control back. It's really about, and Hinduism is similar too, it's about you control your emotions and your mind and, and your thoughts. You are in control of your mind. This whole time we thought we weren't, it does feel that way sometimes. But to bring yourself back and say, okay, Teflon mind, I'm going to let that thing slide. I'm going to let that thing slide. I'm not going to let that, that affect me. Um, and so I'm getting, I'm kind of going on a tan tangent here. But so basically, um, um, I can't ask the phone right now. Um, so first of all, taking hold of your mind they're called what skills, the what in quotes. First is observe. Just observe and notice the experience. Notice without getting caught up in the experience. Experience without reacting to your experience. Wow, that's a big one. You know, I, I can say with certainty that that's a very difficult thing to do sometimes in certain situations. Um, have a Teflon mind, letting experiences, feelings, and thoughts come into your mind and slip right out. Mindfulness is a lot like meditation. It's meditation is like yoga. The whole process of trying to 
meditate to quiet the mind, I think is very difficult for a lot of people because the thoughts come in and the thoughts go out. But what this is teaching us and what mindfulness teaches us and what meditation teaches us, true meditation, is the thoughts come in and they go. You say hello to them and let them go. They come and they go. They pass over like clouds. Um, and second, so control your attention, but not what you see. So don't try to push anything away and don't try to cling to anything because that's what causes suffering. As soon as we try to do that, that's what Buddhism teaches us as well. I believe Hinduism is also and Taoism. But this is really, um, really a Buddhist um, bent here. Push away nothing, cling to nothing. No push and pull. With borderline personality, even histrionic personality, there's a push and the pull, right? I hate you, don't leave me. You know, the whole, the whole push and pull, you can feel it. Be like a guard at the palace gate, alert to every thought, feeling, and action that comes through the gate of your mind. Step inside yourself and observe. Watch your thoughts coming and going like the clouds in the sky. Notice each feeling rising and falling like waves in the ocean. Notice exactly what you are doing. Being mindful in the, in the space. Notice what comes through your senses. Your eyes, your ears, your nose, your skin, your tongue. See others' actions and expressions. Smell, stop and smell the roses. Kind of stop. What are you experiencing? Any time someone is anxious, sometimes people who have thoughts and emotions, they report that they have sensations in the body. The body physiologically reacts to stress. And it reacts to the experiences in our life. Also, when we're joyful. So this isn't all negative. We're just talking about mindfulness. Um, describe. Put words on this experience. When a feeling or a thought arises, or you do something, just acknowledge it. For example, say to your mind, sadness has just enveloped me. Or stomach muscles are tightening. Or a thought, I can't do this, has come into my mind. Or walking step by step. Put your experiences into words. Describe to yourself what is happening. Put a name on your feelings. Call a thought just a thought. A feeling just a feeling. And don't get caught in the content. Again, this takes practice. This is also not true DBT training. I did not, to reiterate, I am only teaching educating people, giving people awareness about the skills involved in DBT. DBT is a very intensive training. I think it's a two-week, two-time intensive, intensive um, uh, uh, training that um, is not everybody does it. Now, people say they you know, they do DBT because basically they're trying to help people teach the skills, giving people language, teaching people skills they never had. Participate. That's the next one. So it's observe, describe, observe what's happening, describe what's happening. Don't get caught in the content and then participate. Enter into your experiences. Let yourself get involved in the moment, letting go of ruminating. Become one with your experiencing, with your experience completely forgetting yourself. Act intuitively from wise mind. 
Do just what is needed in each situation. A skillful dancer on the dance floor, one with the music and your partner, neither willful, willful nor sitting on your hands. Actively practice your skills as you learn them until they become part of you, where you use them without self-consciousness. Practice, practice, practice. Changing harmful situations, changing your harm, harmful reactions to situations, accepting yourself in the situation as they are. So mindfulness is really just about that practice of mindfulness. And in our society, of course, we, especially in, in the United States, I mean, we're not a mindful society. I think we're trying to be. I think we've improved but we're too busy. We're too like, we're, we're constantly reaching. We're constantly, you know, busy, 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 busy doing our lists and all that. I mean, stopping to, you know, enjoy nature and slowing down and focusing on self-care is something that I believe in. I believe in our country, we need to do more of. Um, so, and then the second is how taking hold of your mind not the what skills, but the how skills. So the how skills are see, but don't evaluate. So if you're seeing something that's happening or experiencing something, don't judge it. This is very Buddhist. Don't judge anything that's coming in and out of your mind. Because once you start judging, then the emotions start coming in. And then that's where things can go awry. So take a non-judgmental stance, just the facts. Focus on the what, not the good or bad, the terrible or the wonderful, the should or should not. Unglue your opinions from the facts, from the who, what, when, and where. Accept each moment, each event, as a blanket spread out on the lawn, accepts both the rain and the sun, each leaf that falls upon it. Acknowledge the helpful, the wholesome, but don't judge it. Acknowledge the harmful, the unwholesome, but don't judge it. When you find yourself judging, don't judge your judging. That's like when you're meditating and you're meditating and I need to do this more. I'm full of it because I don't meditate enough and I just preach it, but I need to do it because it makes me feel so much better. But when you're when you're being mindful and you're meditating, you're, you're constantly, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to not judge how you're meditating because meditation, we all have this image of what meditation is supposed to be, but what it really is is something entirely different and very unique to every person. But it's hard to be mindful while you're meditating um, on a surface level because you can get so distracted just by, even if you're a room with nothing in it, your mind's still going, Right. Um, do one thing at a time. Okay. So this is just practicing mindfulness. We used to do these groups, these exercises where like we, you take a piece of candy or like a fireball even, or maybe, you know, an orange. We use this in mindfulness DBT groups where we take the orange, you peel the orange, you just be focusing on one thing. Um, eating the orange, um, you know, the smell of the orange. We use that a lot in coping with coping skills. Um, I've talked about before involving the senses, but being mindful, um, they, they used uh, Hershey kisses, you know, for people who could eat chocolate, um, being mindful 
of just that exercise where you just have a Hershey kiss in your mouth and, and it's melting as you stay in that space and practice exactly what is happening. So for another example I'll give is walking. When you walk, I when I, when I walk, my mind is like, I'm working on that. Trying to focus on nature and all the beautiful things around me that make me happy, that bring me joy and peace. But sometimes it's really hard to say, I'm step, step, step. Folk, I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking because you're thinking and you're thinking, and you're thinking as you're walking and you're walking and then you keep thinking, whatever. You all know, I'm sure there's not a human being out there that does not know what I'm talking about. Um, but just being mindful of, of one thing you're doing. Um, this is just, uh, just doing one thing at a time and bringing yourself back. So, um, if other actions or other thoughts or strong feelings distract you, let go of the distractions and go back to what you're doing again and again and again. Again, this is practice and this is a skill set. This is building strength. This is, this is so you don't become consumed with your emotions and get overwhelmed and make decisions and take actions on those emotions, which can cause a lot of harm to yourself and to other people. Um, focus on what works. This is a, so this is non-judgmental stance being one, being with one with mindfulness, meaning focus on one thing at a time. Always when you're practicing this, when you practice this, Practice this when you're not in crisis. That's the whole point, right? So that you're ready. That's why when we talk about the five senses, when I was talking about, um, what was I talking about last week? Uh, distress tolerance. The bringing yourself back out of your mind and out of the crisis by using anything physical uh, with your five senses and even the sixth sense also movement, meaning yoga, uh, also Buddhist um, but not just Buddhist, Hindu as well, but just bringing yourself back and bringing your body into the here and the now, grounding the body and the mind, you do that physically. Sometimes because our mind can take get us carried away and it's hard to reel our mind in. But if we can reel our senses in, then we know we're here, we're now, we're okay. Right here, right here, right now. Right here, right now, I'm okay. So how to ground yourself. Um, I will talk again about that because I think that's one of the most important things that I feel like with my clients, they, they really take it and run with it. They love, they love that kind of assignment. Um, and it's an ongoing evolving assignment. Uh, so, uh, the one mind for the last, the last one is effectively. So focus on what works, do what needs to be done in each situation, stay away from fair and unfair, stay away from right and wrong should or should not play by the rules and, you know, just try to develop these skill sets. Um, and just try to keep an eye on your objectives and the situations do it necessary to uh, achieve them. Let go of vengeance, vengeance, useless anger and righteousness that hurts you, hurts others and doesn't work. Um, this is all, that is the mindfulness module. It's very, it's a very, very scant presentation. Again, like I said, this is, this is, this goes way deeper than what I'm discussing. But when you hear DBT, I can't tell you how many people call us or anyone I come in contact with clients or, 
uh, family members and people who are just concerned about a family member that's not okay. And it, 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 they don't know what DBT is. I'm just giving you kind of a, a taste of what it is. So like you can have it kind of an informed education about it so that when you're looking online, you know that you're kind of moving in the right direction because you really can't trust the internet all the time. Um, especially with this stuff. Um, because it's, you're dealing with volatile situations, people in crisis, and you want to do things that are going to be helpful, and you don't want false information. Thank you for listening. God bless you. We love you. Thank you so much. Again, so grateful to have you in our family. I consider you all in my family, um, and we are truly blessed. And um, I will talk to you next week. And definitely give us feedback and call. And if you have any questions, again, don't use Instagram because we've just got the dumb about it. I, I can't, I get no other way to say it. Um, definitely reach out to us, email us, text us, call us. Um, you have the number, you have the information. And we can um, answer questions that I've missed. I'm happy to hear how, what you think about DBT so far. <coughs> All right. Thank you, honey. Nice job in doing mindfulness. Uh, John Kabat-Zinn's definition of mindfulness, very very succinct and simple, is awareness without judgment. Simply noticing. Uh, It's something that I can tell you personally, I have worked with patients on. It is not something that I am very good at doing myself. I'm not very good at slowing my mind down and um, something I probably need to be better at, but it's also something that serves me well in being able to multitask and get a lot of things done. So, um, you know, Julie brought up a lot of good points. I just wanted to, you know, um, I may have said this in other episodes when she's talking about, like, I can't get out of this state, I can't, it's, or, or if you, you, you're holding on to something, I can't let go of that, I can't let go of that anger, I can't let go of that transgression. From a cognitive behavioral perspective, the first thing I would say is, no, you're choosing not to. You're, it's, your, it's your choice, and no one is responsible for your choices but yourself. And that is an amazing, powerful part of the human condition, is you can always have a choice. And if you want to choose to stay angry, that's on you. Nobody can make you feel anything except how you perceive it and how you embody it. And that's why CBT tries to move so much far, so much away from emotion and focus on the cognitions and more. Why are you not forgiving this person? Why are you not communicating with this person? Why are you holding on and saying that thing? Why are you so sad? Why are you so dramatic? Why are you so so what? Hopeless, Hopeless. you know that that's really the crux of it is exploring the cognition of in you know I've mentioned this multiple times of a vertical descent, very different than what you do in DBT is you're you're focusing primarily always on emotion. I mean, sorry, you're focusing primarily always on on the thoughts and the cognitions, and 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 putting the responsibility back on the patient that they are responsible for the choices that they are making, and also for sometimes the consequences that they that they have, whether they're good or bad, negative, positive, adaptive, maladaptive. Uh, it's amazing what we are able to do as humans. Um, another reason for doing the podcast was to give the you know for doing the sense of hope, but also instill the sense of amazing power. Uh, depending on where we're at at different parts of our lives, 
We, we, we are never without a choice. Uh, that's, that's an amazing, powerful place to be, and you are never without a choice. You just may not always like, depending on the particular circumstances you are in, the choices that are available to you. So if you ever feel stuck and you feel that you can't do something, uh, people can't fly. You're choosing to stay in that situation. You're choosing to stay in that cognitive state. You're choosing to do the, you know, whatever actions that you're doing or lack thereof. So uh, just wanted to add that in. Um, and I think Julie's doing a really good job of explaining DBT. Um, I think there's two more modules left. Uh, we're going to do histrionic personality disorder. We're going to do um, hypocrisy and cynicism. Uh, we're going to do uh, people like the spirituality episodes with, with, with psychology. Um, so we have a lot of the fun stuff coming up. Um, and until next time, uh, feel free to reach out to me at psychologyunplugged at outlook.com. You can uh, follow us on Instagram at psychology underscore unplugged underscore. Uh, you can contact me directly through psychology today, and you can contact me directly uh, on my phone, 617-750-9411, East Coast Standard Time in the United States. So as we move into this holiday season, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, be well, question everything, and God bless. We'll talk next week. Bye, guys.